Thank you for joining me on this journey and welcome to episode 63 of Remembering Our Way Home. This week, our featured guest is beloved daughter, granddaughter, niece, sister, aunt, and healer, Makita Eliezer. As an art therapist, counselor, and the co-director of the Spiritual Life Coaching Program at Inner Visions Institute for Spiritual Development, Coach Mac highlights some of the milestones during her journey through grief and why we have a spiritual and moral obligation to cultivate relationships with those who came before us. Welcome to Remembering Our Way Home, a weekly podcast to inspire, enlighten, and empower listeners via personal testimonies, discussions, and interviews with featured individuals who have embraced the transformational and ancient practice of ancestral veneration. Thank you, Coach Mack, for joining me this afternoon on Remembering Our Way Home. My first question to you is, what exactly comes to mind, or what do you think about when you hear the word ancestor? Mm. Um, so thank you for having me. Thank you for this opportunity to share my journey with the listeners. Um, so what comes to mind when I think of ancestors, um, it can be literal ancestors, meaning people who have my blood line um, who've passed on before me, Um, but I also think it can be um, people who were friends, um, chosen family who've passed on before me. So how how did you first become aware of this idea of your ancestors, or what was your very first encounter with them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did my, um, started my spiritual training in 2007. And I think it was in that process. Um, there was um, uh, ancestral altars were present, or altars were present in the classroom. And um, there were, um, the organization where I got my training, um, there were people who were an instrument, uh, instrumental part of the creation of the program and their pictures were placed on the altar. So I think that might have been my first exposure, um, and it might have also been, it might have coincided with reading the book um, Tapping the Power Within by Yama Van Zandt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, recall, um, I recall reading something in there about it, I believe. It was so long ago. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Trying to recall wow. it, but I think that's what it was. That was um, the idea of it, and my first experience of putting putting my altar up was mm-hmm. um, in 2010. I had um, just ended a relationship. I had quit my job. But, um, I I'd had a full time job. I had just left. Um, I was moving out of my apartment. I moved in with my best friend, and I just needed something 
So I um, just it just kind of came to me to put it up. And so at that time, um, the pictures that were placed on there were of my father, um, his mother, and his father. And um, my sister, I think, yeah, those are the first pictures I got. And that's who was on the altar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, did yeah. you ever had any? Did you have? Did you ever have any fears or doubts about ancestral veneration once you were introduced to it? Like, I'm not sure what kind of you know spiritual yeah. or religious background you have. So, how did you no. overcome? Yeah. No, I didn't have any fear um, or worry. The only, I think the only fear um, was, I mean, I wondered if, like, you know, I would, like, see them walking in my bedroom or something like that, you know, like, but but I remember being told or taught that I could ask them not to, you know, and, like, the instruction I was given was, you know, don't have the altar in your bedroom, don't have it in a high traffic area, you know, don't walk don't walk naked in front of it, that kind of stuff. And so I followed that and um yeah, I don't think I really had any fear. Um if I did, it would have been just like, you know, waking up and like being afraid they would be in my room or coming you know, coming to talk to me. And I think I may have said to them, like, Okay, I need you to come. If you're going to come bring me a message, I need you to bring me a message, like, in, in a dream. Or, you know, don't don't show up in my room, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, bring it in a way that, that won't scare me or that I can handle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes <laughs> absolutely. And so how has developing a relationship with your ancestors guided you on your life journey? Hmm. Um, it's been instrumental, I will say, um, you know, because um, having that practice, so my practice looks like, um, and it, it changes at various times, but um, but it looks like sitting at my altar, um, you know, calling their names. Um, I also, every time I Every time I cook a meal, I I put food on the altar, um, mm-hmm. so I I feed them every every single time breakfast, lunch, dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over the years, like when I've asked for like I want to manifest something, I will go I will go to them and ask for them to clear the path, um, to give mm-hmm. me guidance. Um, and so that has been probably the most um the most change has happened is, like, I, I, I don't feel like I'm alone. Um, I feel like our relationship is mutually beneficial. So I'm praying for the, the elevation of their spirit, um, keeping their memory alive, and then they are opening doors for me, um, guiding me, and, uh, you know, helping me with challenges. I'll do stuff like, like, I couldn't find my taxes, the other, like, the other day, and I didn't know where they were, so I'll ask them for support, like, 
can you tell me where they are? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I'll say something like, uh, you know, like right now my my um, fiance and I are looking for a house, um, and so I'll say to them, you know, please guide me and lead me to our home. Mm-hmm. So that those kinds of things. Like my mother just transitioned on Thursday night, so. Still, oh, um, I'm so sorry. Still, do you still have both of your parents? Um, actually, I don't. I um, I lost my father when I was five. Um, I see. And my, my mother, my mother transitioned in February of 2016. Um, wow. So we're actually, um, yeah, approaching her um, anniversary of her death. <laughs> she actually passed the day before my birthday, my 35th Ooh. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah it's it's um there's nothing like yeah. it like uh, navigating the planet um, without the you know the yes. few people who have been in your life your entire life you know oh my um, gosh yes yeah so my heart extends to you and may your mom's soul transition into the light with ease and with grace and may you like and your that. family be comforted. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people all yeah. the time that um you know, of course I work with I work with clients who are grieving all the time and in my own journey what I tell I tell people that grief is like when you go to the beach mm. and you know like some of the some of the waves will come up to the shore and you'll feel yeah. them like it'll tickle it'll tickle your toes. It doesn't really rock you too much. You have some some um, waves that come and they'll make you stumble, and then you yes. have some waves that knock that, that knock you down completely. Like, down. And, it, and like the way yeah. the waves that can knock you down can be um, the most random. Like my most random knockdown came like, random in terms of like you out of know nowhere. like you, you would, right out of nowhere. Like you would think like you know the anniversary date, the birthday, that kind of stuff, of course. But I was right. packing. I was packing to move to Santa Fe, and um, <clears throat> I was packing my spoons, and I busted out crying, and it was because it triggered a memory. My mom had come help to help me do my housewarming um, when I was I had lived in when I was living in Owings Mills, Maryland, and I had I had this set of spoons, and then I had these two other spoons that didn't yeah. match my set. And she took them thinking they were hers, and I never got them back from her. Ooh. And I don't know where they I don't know where they are. You know, at the, at, at the time I didn't know where they were, and it just the, the thought of knowing like, oh my God, I can't call her, I can't ask her for them. Yeah, you know, oh. it just knocks me down. But you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And if I could just offer anything, is you know, just. When the when it comes up, allow yourself to be present to it. There's no timeline. There's no rush. Like people think, I think people tend to think like, oh, I should be over it by now, um, and that, it just doesn't happen that way. Grief is a journey. It's um, and it can be a gift. It can really reveal. It, it like grief taught me so much about love. It taught me about compassion. Um, I'm so much more softer now. I'm, my heart is more open. The yeah. biggest lesson for me was just the softness, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just my mm-hmm. my heart just had to soften. I just couldn't, you know, because um, it just 
there's just, you know, like, I, I personally think once you lose your parent, a parent or both parents, you know, your DNA changes. Like, the core of who you are changes. Yes. Because, yeah. Yes, you know, girl. Mm-hmm. Walking this, walking the planet without. Yes. To what are some of the blessings, magic, and miracles you've experienced or witnessed in your life as a result of this relationship with your ancestors? Is it one thing that comes to mind first when you think about something magical that that you've experienced with them? Like the first mm. thing that comes to mind. <laughs> first thing that comes to mind. That's a good mm-hmm. question. Um. Oh, here's one. Um, <laughs> so, um, my, my, I lost my mother. Um, she transitioned in 2016, and um, she, I was going to get, you know, some money from from her passing. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and I didn't know what to do with the money. Um, there was a there was a couple of things like I, I at the time I was getting ready to move to Santa Fe, New Mexico, from Maryland, and I also had some things I needed to pay off or wanted to pay off, and I was de- debating: do I split the money in half and pay off some things, use the other half to help me move? Do I use all of it to move? Like, you know, what do I do with it? Um, and I wasn't sure. So in the dream, my mom my mom came to me in my dream mm. and she she the one thing that I was the one thing I was thinking of paying off in the dream, she says, Oh, I paid I paid your balance for you And mm. I was like, You did? Why? Wow And she was like, Yeah, just so that you wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. I paid your balance. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up it was it was like, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I ended up, you know, paying off that that particular debt, um, and then using um, the bulk of the rest of it to help me move across the country to New Mexico. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a really special. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. Do you notice a difference in your family dynamics um, as a re- as a result of your relationship with your ancestors? Huh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, well, I mean, now that you're asking, like, I, I did notice when my mother passed, after my mother passed, um, you know, of course I added her to my altar. Um, and my my immediate family so my mother's siblings and then their children, um, and um, my grandmother. My grandmother is still living. No, mother's my oh. mom's mom. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So I have noticed that we, when we get together for events, there's less yeah. drama and less yeah. arguing. But I attribute I attribute it to. My mother was the queen of drama. <laughs> um, I attribute it to her physical presence being gone and not Ooh. causing it. I attribute it to that. Um, but it could it could be both and, right? So it could I'm be sure. that, and it could also be the the elevation, elevation. of her spirit. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Do you have a special film, a book, or a song 
that reminds you of your ancestors? Is it what comes to mind first? You know, whether it's a book, film, um, or song. Film is it a film or a song? Yeah, or a book. Whatever comes to or mind. Or a book. First. I don't. I, what? What? When you asked the question, what came to mind was food. <laughs> Which is like so such a departure from your question, but hey, I don't have a film, a book, or a song. I well, okay, I can say a song. Um, okay, my mom, my mom loved. Um, oh gosh, let me see if I can find it. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, my mom. There's two songs. Well, there's three. The one mm-hmm. one song is. Um, um, Katy Perry, um, The Roar. That was my mom's oh, yeah. ringtone. Oh, that was oh, her yeah. ringtone. Um, and was then, she a Leo um, by any chance? She was not. She's a Taurus. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And every <laughs> bit, every bit of a bull. Every okay. bit. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the, the other one is, um, gosh, the whoa, whoa. You make me happy. That song, this you can tell. I don't remember who sings it. It's an old school song, and I think um, Beyonce redid it. Oh, because that's what I was thinking. Oh, before I, I was about to say Beyonce, because I'm a Beyonce fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, before yeah. I let go, that oh. one. But the old oh, school one. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes, Frankie yeah, Beverly. Oh my go. god. Frankie yes, Beverly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. So yes. that one. Anytime that song comes on, it's um, it's <laughs> like that's my that was my mom's song. Yeah, um, for real. <laughs> what kind of special things do you do? I heard you mention you feed your ancestors. Is is there anything special that you do daily, weekly, or monthly to honor them? I do. Um, so I do. Um, my mom used to make pound cake. Um, mm. and she makes it from scratch. Um, her father mm. also used to make used to make pound cake, and so, um, oh man, I get, I'm so grateful because it. I, I and I know it was my ancestors. It just dropped in my spirit one day, and it was uh, Thanksgiving of 2015 to ask mm-hmm. her for the recipe again. She had taught me how to make it years ago, but I hadn't made it in forever. And I literally just woke up one day, and it was like, I want to make pound cake. I need to get recipe from her. So I called her, I got the recipe, and I'm so glad I did because she passed that February. And nobody else knows the recipe. So um, I started making the pound cake um, after she transitioned. So many people sent me money and cooked for me and, you know, did things for me. And as my thank you, I, I made these little small loaves like six-inch loaves of pound cake as a thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I still make, yeah, I still make the pound cake now, and that's, and every time I make it, I'll cut, I'll cut a slice and put it on the altar for her. Yeah. But it's the way it, it was so instrumental in my grieving, and and now, when I have family or friends who experience death, I'll make them a cake. Um. So that's probably the most special um, thing for me is making (laughs) making pound cake, yeah. 
Why is developing a relationship with your ancestors important, Coach Mack? Um, you know, um, for me, it, it's important because, you know, like, <clears throat> I'm the last surviving member of my immediate family. Um, so both of my parents have transitioned. And then I have a brother um, who we, you know, we share the same, both mother and father. And he he just passed in May. Um, and so I'm the last, the last one. And um, and so I think it's important for me to, you know, because clearly, I mean, I'm I'm 40 years old. I turn 41 next month. Um, you know, and it's like. How is it possible that I'm 40 and both of my parents are gone, my brother is gone, you know? Um, like, like I, I know people who were in their 60s and their 70s who still have both of their parents, you know? Um, so it's, it's just such, it's, it's such a mind fuck. I hope I can say fuck on here. <laughs> like, um, so I think in terms of doing the ancestral work, like, I, of course, you know, I, I, I believe that <clears throat> all things are in divine order. I believe that we all make a soul contract with spirit um, in terms of, you know, our birth date, our expiration date, our, tra- you know, our transition date. And so there's obviously a reason why, we, you know, my, my family had these dates at such a young age for me. Um, so I think it's my part of it. It's my responsibility to lift their spirit, to support and elevation of their spirit, to support and because the, you know there's there's a lot of trauma in my generational line. There's a lot of generational you know people call them generational curses that yeah. has passed on over the years that haven't been cleared, haven't been healed, and right. I have the awareness. I have the education, I have the insight to do the work to support in healing it so that, you know, like, we can clear some of this stuff up, you know, like, my brother had had children, um, five children, so if, if me doing this ancestral work and lifting his spirit, lifting my mother's spirit, my father's spirit will support in clearing it for them then I, you know, I think I just—it's my divine right to do so. You know, it's—it's it's like um, so important and vital that I do it. Um, and you know, it, being in a relationship with our ancestors as a people, you know, like people of African descent, like this is this is who we be. That's right. Um, <laughs> and you know, and the, being in this country. We're taught that it's the devil or right. it's against God and, you know, all of this crazy foolishness that people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's important for me to get back to being as authentic as me as possible, you know. So that looks like wearing my hair in my natural state. That looks like, you know, like I'm not a nine-to-fiver working for someone, you know, like, so, you know, being in a relationship with my ancestors is just another aspect of being authentic to who I am. 
Same here. <laughs> Beautiful. And my last question, what would you say yeah. to inspire or encourage others who are interested in cultivating a spiritual relationship with their ancestors? Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is I think about other cultures like other cultures in this country and how, you know, like they honor their staff. We, the the black people, are the only ones who get caught up in, um, um, like, you know, not wanting to, it's the devil or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, let in some kind of negative demon or, you know, we're the only ones that go there, um, Versus, you know, like if we look at Dia de los Muertos, you know, that happens for, you know, many Hispanic and Latinx cultures, right? You know, they, um, and, you know, and if anybody who's like, what is that? Like Coco is a great movie that kind of breaks it down, you know. Um, But just even looking at that as an example, you know, of how, to just honor who you are, honor the like the bones that are in your body, the the, the DNA that runs through through your blood, you know. Um, I think I think that we have a spiritual and moral obligation to um, cultivate relationship with our ancestors and like the people who um, came before us the shoulders that we stand on. We have a moral and spiritual obligation to support and healing um, just because of what we've been through as people in this country. As a native of Philadelphia, Makita S. Eliezer was raised with a northern sprinkle by her northern mother as a southern girl in Raleigh, North Carolina. As a practicing certified spiritual life coach for over 10 years, she integrates her spiritual training and the practice of art making into the therapeutic process in a way that honors the client holistically. This holistic approach is based on the psycho-spiritual therapeutic modality, which is grounded in the notion that the soul is the starting point for balance. This approach to treatment takes into consideration the totality of who the client is and examines how their experiences have impacted their mental health. Makita believes that the art-making process can serve as an incubator into the client's unconscious and provide valuable information toward the client's healing and recovery journey. In essence, the art-making process can support in making the unconscious conscious, 
even if it's just scribbling on the paper. This unconscious information often manifesting as the darkness of one's life, once embraced and investigated, can support the client in revealing where they are out of balance with their soul. This insight can support the client in integrating all aspects of themselves such that they can begin to live as their authentic selves. Also trained in grief and trauma, Makita has extensive sand tray training and is currently in private practice in Santa Fe, listed as Black Canvas Holistic Therapy. This week's scripted wisdom is in reflection of our guest, Makita S. Eliezer, and in honor of her path. I was born by myself, but carry the spirit and blood of my father, mother, and my ancestors, so I am really never alone. My identity is through that line, Ziggy Marley. A river that forgets its source will surely dry up, Yoruba proverb. I used art to process my grief. I embraced and befriended it. I invited it to reveal to me what it came to teach me. Grief is such a fascinating emotion to go through and our society doesn't prepare us for it. I think that some of the shit that they have us learning in school is useless and this is the stuff we need to be learning about and normalizing. That it's okay not to be okay. Coach Mack. <laughs> 